0: Hello and welcome to the Wizards of river podcast, an irreverent look at Stoke City Football Club and its adventures. Irreverent being the key word, as we attempt to follow the same attitude shown by our glorious football team towards competitive league football. That's perhaps not fair, as this week's 3-1 loss to Charlton was seemingly better, and I say that in quote marks, than last week's 2-1 loss to QPR, even if the scoreline doesn't show that to help me clutch at straws and to try and find positives amongst the jaws of defeat are Ben Cartwright. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Once again, for a second week, I have not eaten since about 11 o'clock.
0: Oh, for God's sake. And it worked,
1: it worked last week, so it's going to work this week.
0: <laughs> last, But last
1: week I treated myself to a, a takeaway afterwards, and I'm not oh. doing that this week. So, sorry Ben, you're going to struggle.
0: <laughs> uh, well and, and tony lloyd have you had anything to eat
2: i've been following the ben plan and the last thing i <laughs> ate was at 20 past nine this morning in a travel lodge oh my goodness but it was a really big breakfast i had about 15 sausages
1: sounds like my type of breakfast that, sa- awesome. Wink.
2: that sounds jeez very
0: filling right before before we discuss the game I want to play a quick game with you. It's called "London is the reason." Uh, there's three questions each. I want you <laughs> to tell me. Did I'm going to tell you an event, and I want you to tell me whether it happened before Stoke won their last game in London <laughs> or after? Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, we'll go with whoop of a flipping a fake coin. Tony Donald Trump became president. Did that happen after Stoke's last win in London or before?
2: I'm going to say comfortably after.
0: You are correct, Ben. David Cameron calls the European Union referendum before Stokes' last win in London, or after?
1: Oh, close it. Okay, rather than actually happening, I'm going to say I'm going to say after again. But it's going to be it might be quite close.
0: No, you are correct. It was after. Uh, Tony Disney brought out the latest in the stock Well, not the latest. The most. The first of a new trilogy in Star Wars, i.e. Star Wars The Force Awakens, Episode 7. That hit our cinemas. Was that before or after Stoke's last win in London?
2: I'm going to go with after.
0: You are correct. Ben, <laughs> th- the London Olympics.
2: Before. You, you are an correct. Thanks easy one.
0: Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> uh, Tony, Stoke signed Marko and Before. You are correct. Well done. Ooh. And finally, Leicester won the league, Ben.
1: Oh, God. Uh, after.
0: That is also correct. Jeez. November Bang. 2014, Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> this is. We're not very good in London, are we? Unlike
2: us, we were brilliant
1: there.
0: Yeah, well done. Well done. For a quiz on this podcast. That went really well. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think
1: I've got more points in that quiz than I've ever like cum- <laughs> cumulatively got across the podcast hey. quizzes we've ever done. You've got mo- went-
0: and you've got more points than Stoke hey! currently have, <laughs> who sit 23rd in the league. It was Charlton three, Stoke one. Another disappointing result for the Potters on match day two. I mean, I suppose to start with, we'll start with you, Ben. Is it all doom and gloom now, or are you oh, feeling God. similarly to last week? Because last week, I thought we were reflective.
1: Where are you this week? I hope it's not doom and gloom. I mean, certainly in the real world, it's more doom and gloom than Stoke City, I think, still. So that maybe that's how we should view Stoke. Is the world in a worse or better place than Stoke City at the moment? I still think the world is in a worse place than Stoke. So, in terms of Stoke, are we, do, are we doom and gloom? No, I don't think I am. Um, I think we are... If I think what I said last week was the best bit about um, that game, the, the loss against QPR, was those moments of those little passes between Klukas and Powell. It was that week, obviously, um, and some of the other players. And I think that feeling has only grown after the Charlton game. If we're all being honest, there were certainly some great moments of passing interchanges. Um, I, I think Klukas is, is really sort of... He, he could become a really like vital cog in that team, I think, if you compare what he was doing yesterday or or Saturday, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, um, to last season, at the end of last season, like, I think he's he's been excellent, I think, compared to that. So, yeah, I think we're only going to get better in that sense. I think, to be honest, we deserve to win. I watched the Quest TV highlights after the game as well um, this morning, which I'm really endeavouring to do this season. I'm doing very well, two out of two so far. Um, (laughs) And... Bowyer, the charter manager, come out afterwards and says that he thought they were the better team and obviously from watching the pretty much the full 90 um, earlier in the day, I, I just I don't see how he can read it like that. I thought, I got really annoyed with Jack Butland, I, I, I think he's got more stick as, as the sort of days have progressed but at the time I was like, oh my goodness, do not make another mistake like that, I don't care if he was unsighted, I don't care uh, about anything else really because the, that is the, like you should be expecting a shot from there. If t- Taylor, Lyle Taylor, who I know his name because of Quest. Thank you, Quest. If, if he scored loads of goals last season, he's gonna shoot from that position when he cuts back onto his right foot. You should be expecting a shot to come right at you. It literally comes at him. He jumps kind of out of the way and sticks his hand there, and they go through his hands. What it, are you doing, Jack Butland? It's the, it, and it's the same thing again. It literally looks like the ball goes through him. Yeah, I like... It's like what happens on... A f- I, 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 I always apologise for bringing up video games in this podcast because apparently that's the wrong thing to do. But it looked like FIFA. It's like, what is happening? You'd be... If this was, if that was a FIFA game, I'd chuck... The controller's broken at this point, if that was FIFA. I'm smacking it against the wall in anger. <laughs> What's he doing? Yeah, because
0: you would. You would. You would throw it against the wall. You'd be like, this is totally unrealistic and won't happen in real life. Yes. And then, lo and, yes. and behold, Jack Butland does something <laughs> like that. And from that moment on, our, our heads seem to drop a little bit. I mean, saying this, I thought, it, it's really weird to... Obviously, I'm not happy that we lost. Uh, it's very disappointing, and um, as Lee Hawthorne said on Twitter, you can be both disappointed and also feel that we still need to be patient and for, about a manager and not wish to throw everything out. Um, but I did. But I did feel that yesterday we could have we could have won it's it was a really weird game it was an enjoyable game i'll say that um which you can't say for many losses the stoke have um tony you you've you've caught up on social media and everything now do you are you feeling doom and gloom about everything do you think we needed to throw nathan jones in the bin do you think that everything's okay what's what's your general feeling i suppose this game and the QPR game because we haven't spoke to you since then What's what's been your feeling so far
2: I agree with Ben <laughs> at risk of sounding like Nick Clegg um, <laughs> I was talking before the QPR game to my mate Mick over a coffee before the game and I said then it wouldn't surprise me if we lost three out of four for okay. the first few months um, of the season because we've changed it's easy to forget how much we've changed over the summer I think we've we got ten players in mm. And you can sort of add Collins to that as well because obviously he hasn't played very much. Um, so we've got 10 new signings that you'd probably expect to see some game time and losing Ryan Shaw across the week before the game. And I was just saying I hope we can be a bit patient about it because as far as confidence goes, we haven't got any at all. And we're so fragile and it's just it's going to take time to change that whatever we do with players or the back room um, and a bit of unconditional love from the masses certainly wouldn't hurt but I don't think that's going to happen because they've been through this as well so I think we need to discount that and the only way it's going to come is by growing together as a team mm-hmm. and eventually picking up some points and then we would move forward because we're, we're just mentally broken after three years of horror I think mm-hmm we are
0: and i find that interesting i don't know if you either of you heard tom Ince's comments after the game talking about like the mm. mentality of the team but i find it very very interesting that for all intents and purposes this is a a a changed squad from the one that got relegated and yet when we go a goal down yeah we really really our our heads our heads go and you is is there a sports psychologist in the club because it, i find it <laughs> Really interesting, I, I, listening to the um, Transfer Deadline Day podcast that Dave and Tom did, like, from the Sheffield United game last November, like, there's only nine players from that squad who are still in the team, like, that's a huge turnover, which means, yes, this is a new team who needs to learn and gel together, let's not forget that, but I do, I do worry about the mentality, in... is it something we should be concerned about, Ben, or is it something that um, that you, that will just go away with a good result? And will a good result come? I just, I, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. I think that I think the mentality has to be for me the biggest worry about this whole thing, because as you say, it's still there and it, it, it confuses me. Because on one on one side of things, you've got so many different players in there, so it's like, why on earth is there still this sort of Weird mentality where we can't go a goal down. We can't get anything from a goal down. We can't go to London and get anything from a game. Like, why is there so many of these little annoying records that are there to sort of ju- <laughs> like sort of hanging on our back? As it's very confusing. And I think for me, another weird thing, if we are sort of looking at the negatives a bit, is you look at that team yesterday, and Nathan Jones always said that he wanted his squad basically done for. The start of pre-season, which didn't happen, and we've obviously maybe panic bought a bit on on Thursday, which is absolutely fine. I don't mind that. I think if obviously if we if Nathan Jones suddenly realises, oh god, we need more players, then go ahead and get them. Of course, you would mm-hmm. do that. But what I don't understand in that instance is how Hogan can come in straight away having no, had no pre or training, and he's done better seemingly at this this system that some players just can't get their mind around. We've got Tom Ince, who. I, I I've been critical of him in the past, I think the podcast has been critical in the past, but obviously he's had a week of training in that system and he's come in and looked one of our better players scored a fantastic goal. And there's a number of different things like that. It's like, what what is with those other players that aren't getting the system or aren't doing something to sort of fix themselves? As you say, is, is it that there should be someone there to talk about mentality? Because the mentality at Stoke at the moment is not to win. And yeah. that's the biggest worry now. Is that yes, we can look good against Charlton away, but uh, it, I'm, I said I tweeted. I'm t- I'm just tired of like being like oh well. There's this positive from a loss. Yeah. Like I just want to f- bloody win. Just it, play well and win well, and then it, it just seems like it can grow from there. But it's just how long ago does it feel like it's like oh that was a good game we played well there and we've won deservedly so it's it it feels like stoke have been in this rut where it's you play well you lose you play rubbish you lose or you play you play rubbish and you win somehow or your backs Mm -hmm. up against the wall leads comes to mind where it's like oh my god what a performance we can grow from this but then we just don't grow it just why can't we go on a run of like games of just being good getting a bit of luck and bloody winning some games. like Why can't we do that? What is wrong with us? It's like
2: like we just need some foundation to build on at the minute because we just haven't had anything, have we? We had that all right pre-season and it felt there was real positivity at the start of a QPR game and it really felt like maybe we could build something and then that first goal goes in and you could see the the crowd, the players, everybody just crumbled Mm -hmm. and it's like we just need something. I mean, if it's... we we did it last season where we were sort of like oh we've got an easy league cup tie so maybe that'll give us something to obviously we lost <laughs> so i expect that on tuesday where we'll be like okay we'll we'll play a strong team on tuesday and we'll beat wigan in the joke cup that nobody cares about and then that'll give us a foundation and we can see that we can actually do something and then we'll end up losing it <laughs> but it's got to come it's got to come eventually like we even us even lovely stoke can't lose every game in a whole season like what's zero times 44 or whatever like (laughs) it will come and it's just then if we get a win and then we lose the next game we need to say okay that was a thing that happened but we can win the next one and start building that way and I think time and patience are a requirement but it's just we need it to happen really soon
0: (laughs) yeah I I mean I think anyone with an air of logic about them is going to say that we need to be patient. People understand the need to 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 take time with this, but uh, equally, I don't think. I mean, none of us can can happily say that. Yes, we are happy sitting and waiting. It's been three years, and 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 everyone is fatigued. It's not just a, the, the 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 players' mentality have gone. Us as fans, our mentality has gone because it's been three years of just. Very very little to get to get your teeth round and to to hook hook your happy emotions on and and i get it i do i do i get why people are so 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 angry and and annoyed and oh, i hate i hate this feeling because as a podcast we have to sit and and analyze and try and find the nuanced position between bad performance good performance and and talk about them all but us as fans are just I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really, I didn't really want to come and have to talk about this because this it's it's not fun to talk about. Let's try and pick some some positives. Uh, Nathan Jones made several changes to the team, um, of which for me, Ryan Woods coming in, um, I thought he seemed like a real rehabilitated player. I thought his performance yesterday was great. Um, a, a very very different team to last week's Ben. Who caught your eye, or anything in particular that you think? Yeah, okay, that is that is something to to work with.
1: Yeah, I think I mean Woods. Seeing his name on on the team sheet was so exciting for me. Oh. I think, and a lot of people shared that emotion because it if 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 Woods got sold in the transfer window, which I think a lot of people were sort of guessing he might have done end up didn't obviously, but I think if he had been sold, then there would have been a lot of wonder. Still, there it always would have it always would have been could Woods have been like a great player for Stoke because he's never really got going. Obviously, he came when he came, he was playing well, and it sort of just slowly, slowly got worse as he continued to play in the rubbish system that we are playing under Rowett. But now seeing him in that away shirt and just pinging balls about and being very direct and quick with his passing, mm-hmm. it was just great to see. I mean, I love that role in a team. It's what I think it's my favourite position, just that pulling strings, like watching Phillips for Leeds do that role uh, on TV yesterday. And I've, I've seen Leeds a couple of times last season. I, I'm just like in awe of him because I just think it's so classy. And I think I really do think that Woods can be that for us. And so it's nice to see that and hopefully he'll continue there. I thought... Gregory coming in. A lot of people hoped that it would happen and it did and I think he he sort of lived up to expectation. Hogan straight away, we heard a lot about and it, well we we sort of yeah, were questioning whether it was the right thing to do straight away and then it's like oh well he could be that striker and obviously he's hit the bar and got into other good positions which I don't think we've seen that much of. <laughs> um so he he was quite ups- exciting up front as well. Um and as I mentioned earlier, I thought I think I, I think a lot of players played well I, I, and I, it's nice to see Ince get that goal because it obviously mm. meant a lot to him. I think it, it's very easy to hate Ince because of his father, I think, but mainly, but probably for other <laughs> reasons too. Um, but I thought he's hit the nail on the head after the match. I thought he's hit the nail on the head in the match scoring that goal. And and yeah, I, I, I really want to love this team. And I know a lot of people have been speaking about Nathan Jones saying, oh... Sort of when he first joined saying, "Oh, this is a team that you're gonna be proud of, and obviously it hasn't happened, but I can I can feel like it can happen now, whereas before I didn't, I know it seems weird after saying three like losing three, one and maybe it's just my blind optimism, which I always seem to have with Stoke, but I just I want to love this team, and I think there are elements of it yesterday that was like, yes, I can get behind this." Uh, we sh- yeah. So I think t- for me, as as it sort of obviously it seems from from that rundown, there's a lot of positives there for me. I en- I I enjoyed a lot of the players playing the football, except for Jack Butler <laughs> and Joe Allen. <laughs> <laughs> fair, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um,
0: which I suppose then nicely leads me onto a a question from Robin Tunstall. Um. Uh, he he said two questions but i'll go for the the second part which was is it time to drop the two premier league players that we got relegated with now as a podcast i know joe allen gets targeted a lot by us and i i hope i personally feel it's fair but i understand if if others don't tony as a as a rational person do you <laughs> oh yeah yeah sure yeah uh-huh. cool um do you what do you think? Do you think that Jack Butlin, Joe Allen, are players that are that are currently holding us back? What would What do you think? Are, or are they too good to 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 go? There's incredible thing that Joe Allen. I don't think has been taken off,
2: like in the last since we last won in London. Probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is
2: it uh, is weird, isn't it? Because his performances, you would argue, don't merit that Um, or we I think we've argued that certainly Um, I think Jack Butland I already sort of mentioned I'd expect to change around on Tuesday for Wigan Mm. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say he should be dropped because I think there are circumstances around the goal this week and the QPR opener which as a albeit retired now member of the goalkeepers union I would defend to a degree Um, and I think he is a good player and I think confidence is probably really important for him as a goalkeeper in particular so I think if you just bomb him out yes it might fire him up and he might come back stronger but also you risk really kicking him when he's down and then look what happened to Joe Hart um, so I think for me I'd hope that Davies plays on Tuesday but with a mindset that if he really shows something then the door is ajar rather than like he really needs to do something to win the shirt rather than just an open audition because the manager's lost faith in Jack Um Particularly, I think the goal he—that first goal he let in yesterday was—was it Tommy Smith? Was stood exactly halfway between the ball and him, and he's just he's trying to look, and then it's it's past him. And it—I mean, it looked really bad, and I I would back myself to save it in that situation, (laughs) but still, I I still see how it happened. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Would you?
1: I think. go, Go on. I, obviously, we haven't really mentioned the specifics of the game, but if if Joe Allen can't get dropped after what what happened when Ryan Woods was taken off instead, like if Nathan Jones can't see the absolute pandemonium that that caused, then I just don't understand. I just don't get it. It's there are many situations with Stoke where I just think. Like I wish I could be in front of Nathan Jones or someone who makes the decisions and just ask him up up front and be like, "Why does this happen? Give them some truth serum and why has Joe Allen not been <laughs> dropped ever or substituted ever when it's clear that it would be better a better thing to do to get him off the pitch or drop him um, outright?" And to honest you, review, Tony you did a great job there of because I was I was gonna come into that question and be like, "Yes, drop Jack. I hate him. He needs to go." But <laughs> I, you've so, you've uh, in a sort of in light of the world we don't sort of often agree to disagree but I'm actually like oh god you've got a good point there um I I don't think dropping Jack would create a happy person and obviously I mean the the only reason to drop him and I guess that would it would sort of negate itself by doing this would be if there are other clubs interested in Europe which kind of has been mentioned today Mm. um that that might be a possibility uh obviously you probably put want to put him in the shop window but when he's doing things like that then I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. a very discounted store, isn't it? You're you're, do, you're doing the shop window of ninety p ninety nine p store rather than Harrods.
2: <laughs> it's not adding I, to his no. value.
0: He isn't, and I can't really. I know there was the talk of all these of European clubs, but the for the price tag that he that we are wanting for him, I just don't realistically see who's going to come in for him. It just, uh, no. I I don't I don't think he's moving this window. Um which means yeah i kind i agree that we can't really have a sad jack butland hanging around the place although to counter that i would say that sam vokes didn't have you know he he did a, a a poorish performance last week and was dropped instantly i don't think this is a manager who is afraid of of dropping players except joe allen maybe do you think and this is a question from stoke rum on twitter uh, either of you uh, he says who does a come in for i'd say that do you think with a now back with the team joe allen gets dropped for him maybe I'd maybe say anybody. yeah
2: i think i think he's the best midfielder we've got so fit him in anywhere and shuffle the others around as long as you bear in mind that joe allen is not a defensive midfielder and if you put him at the base of that diamond what happened yesterday will happen mhm
1: I could see it being that uh, he comes in for Clucas and Clucas goes to left back or something like that, which isn't what I want. But I think that is that is what could happen because I just yeah I just can't see Joe Allen on the bench. Like literally vis- visualize Joe Allen sitting on a bench. I just can't. I can't. My mind's eye is not creative enough for that. For that I, situation. I seem. I seem
0: to remember we said this similar thing with eric peters a few seasons back when eric peters was going through terrible runs of form and uh, he just was seemingly undroppable there was no one there to replace him with and it seems to be the same with joe allen no matter how he performs he will he will get in this team and i kind of feel that giving him time away kind of would help him i don't know i t- to be fair to him i thought yesterday wasn't the worst of Joe Allen. I thought his pressing was, was poor, but there were a few moments where he did regain the ball in some difficult positions. Um, and he, and he did it fairly, fairly comfortably. What One of the things I did notice was there were a few times where he was crowded by uh, Charlton players and he didn't get out of that situation. And I think Peter Atebo would get out of that situation because, uh, he showed himself last season to be quite skillful. Um, and we and we kind of need that. We need a bit of to, to move up the pitch. We need people who can retain the ball. It's it's a it's a difficult one. Um, I'm hopeful that we see a, a a changed up team on on Tuesday. Does does the game on Tuesday matter at all, or is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah? percent. Surely you've got you've got to look at that as just another. It's another championship game. I think that's I think that's how Nathan Jones will put it to his players, I'd imagine, because this is a team that needs to find a win desperately against that level of opposition, so why would you not put it on the same pedestal as any other championship game? This is a, a league side that we obviously struggled against last year as well, Um and they're a league side that are at a level in that in the championship that we need to be beating teams, and I'd put Charlton and QPR in that bracket as well, to be honest with you, so if we're losing three games in a row to, to teams that quite... Thank, well, I think we're predicted to be bottom half. I think all, all three of them were Charlton favourites get relegated. So if we can't beat any of those three, then it's just building on Nathan Jones. I, I feel bad for him because it, it it's not going to get any easier. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got to put that importance on it because we as fans, the players... The coaching staff need something to hang on to and say, this is what we're going for. This is the Stoke City of 2019 of Nathan Jones. And the Wigan game on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it is, is that the perfect opportunity to, to really kickstart something special. Fingers, fingers, fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying for a second that I think we'll win a game of football, <laughs> but imagine what a cut run would do for that confidence. Like, even if we win Tuesday and then winning the next round it's like that's the kind of thing that builds this kind of team spirit and all the stuff that we're lacking at the minute Mm -hmm. just a bit of confidence from somewhere and
1: why not Tuesday Cup games can have a massive influence like when we were when we were going to the FA Cup final obviously like we were like so good around that period just because everyone's buzzing and I'm not saying obviously winning the first round of League Cup is anywhere close (laughs) to that but it's got to be something we've got to put something on that game
2: yeah
0: Okay, well, very impassioned from both of you. The game matters, you heard it here. Um,
2: Unless we lose, in which case yeah, it didn't matter. It <laughs> does not matter. <laughs> Stupid cut.
0: What about then uh, Robin Tunstall's other question about the Charlton game? Uh, Stephen Ward came in for James McLean. Uh, ben, was Ward any better than McLean was in the QPR game? And do you think that... Well, I suppose depending on your answer, do you think that either one of those two have has got that position nailed down going forward or is it still a work in progress?
1: I think he was fine. I think he was slow at times, which is probably what we all expected from Stephen Ward of Burnley. Uh, I think he was probably better defensively than James McLean, but obviously that is the case as well, I'd say. I Yeah, nothing to write home about. I mean, it's unfortunate that the left back we ditched sort of debuted for Burnley and got two assists and sort of everyone was loving uh, because I follow quite a few Burnley fans it turns out and they're all sort of singing about Eric Peters but oh well that happened and he's not good enough so Stephen Ward yeah he's what I expected I think from Stephen Ward is that fair like I, I, I yeah he's not obviously nailed it down it's not like oh my god but maybe when your competition for that place is James McLean maybe he hasn't got it nailed down but it feels like a very sort of loosely hammered nail (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> A loosely hammered nail. There we go. I think
0: was,
2: that's your podcast title. Was,
1: <laughs>
2: was McLean out for personal reasons? Or was something something going Someone on that meant probably, you couldn't play? Yeah. yeah so something. I don't know what was going on there. But. Who? Yeah. Who knows? It was certainly
0: seemed from the suggestion that it was an enforced change. That's for sure. Um. We've spoke a lot about this uh, this Charlton game And I don't really want to talk about it anymore uh, So let's ask a big question That comes from our mate Tom Thrower on Twitter um, It is an interesting one uh, Because I have seen uh, There is a lot of negativity online Of course there is It's the internet People are never happy But he, he asks the question Is there an appetite for Jones to fail? It certainly feels like there is and why? Well, I mean, he's assuming there that we agree with his position by saying that. But I, I, I get, I get what he means. There is a lot of, there is a lot of negative comments. And again, we've we've spoke about it that people are are very frustrated. Do you think, Tony, that people want Nathan Jones to fail, or is is it just a, a small section of people who are online we should ignore? What do you think?
2: I think there's there's two sides to it because, as I was alluded to before, we are all team, fan base, club, the whole city of Stoke, probably the UK, broken after three yeah. years of horror. Um, so it's understandable there's discontent everywhere. Um, I don't think for a second but getting rid of the manager would help that. I think Dave alluded to it the other week when he talked about the polarisation mm. because I think ever since Pulis when we had the um, Rimmers and the Pulis ha- hating Wankstains and the Rimmer sceptics it's <laughs> ever since then it's always been as soon as we get a manager it doesn't even matter if we've played any games yet you're either for him or against him and before you make a post on the oat cake or say anything on Twitter you have to say look I'm no apologist for manager name but or I think this manager's shit and it's it, it just seems to have been like that since Pulis or since the middle to end of the Pulis era that every manager we have the fans have to go one way or the other and there's no room for I'll just see what happens or we'll give him time it took him 18 months with Luton and he built the best team ever and I just I think we need that time but yeah I think I think there is a section of people who do seem to just I've nailed my colours to the master and that's it now mm. I I don't like Nathan Jones's face or he's too young or too short or too Welsh or too religious and I I don't really understand that to be honest but I'm not saying anybody else's opinion is necessarily wrong it's just I yeah I, I, I don't get it to be honest
0: no there's certainly I mean sociologically let's say there is certainly a, a thing to say that society as a whole has become more partisan in in literally every issue why should football and football management be uh be be anything different to that it's he's interesting though because like i, I completely understand people's frustrations with with how Stoke City are, and Nathan Jones is a very, very positive man in his in his messages, and so it's very easy for people to be like, "Well, you're positive, but the results aren't positive." I'm angry, um, but 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 actively wanting a manager to fail. I I don't think I don't think any fan could 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 say, "Yeah, I I would want Nathan Jones out of the club. I want him to fail." But I do think that there are there are fans. Who have a a base level of cynicism, let's say, uh, and and maybe that's just their general outlook on life is cynical. I don't know. Ben, do you feel the same way? Do you think there's an active campaign? <laughs> what what do you think? Um,
1: I I, I don't think I, I I don't know. I don't think there's an active campaign. No. I don't. No. I think it's easy to sort of
0: but by, by that I don't mean that they like them they're, they're, meet, <laughs> they're, they're meeting in a with like, yeah they're meeting fork. in a club and they're like right we're no, the no. we're the Nathan Jones Hating Brigade and they're like planning pr- I don't think that that's the case. I just but... think uh,
1: yeah I think it's very easy and and I think we're probably guilty of it at times to sort of have an opinion and that sort of clouds your judgment a bit and I can mm. understand why sort of Nathan Jones can rile people up I think that was always that was always sort of said that if like things weren't going well then he's got the character of someone who can annoy people and I, I don't find it annoying personally I think I rate him very highly and I think that he is obviously a very clever man a hard working man and he wants this to go well and, and thus I, w- I want this to go well for him I didn't feel the same way with Rowett I felt like it was a bit confrontational for a lot of the time so and I don't think Nathan Jones is like that I just think he is a man that is absolutely working his socks off for the good of Stoke City that's my view on things I think that obviously he wants us to win he's not doing this in a way that's like sort of wanting us to lose obviously like this is his career this is his big break like why would you want him to fail why would you not want the guy who has sort of got his teams playing absolutely amazing football in the past why would you not want him to succeed and bring that to Stoke I I don't really understand that Um, but yeah I I think there is an element of it um, but I I can kind of get it because we we all do that kind of thing we all have those things that we just love to hate and when they're like yeah, why, why not hate the manager that's sort of not bringing the results, even though I don't think it's his fault. I can see why some people would. I don't know. Does that matter? That's a really rambly, boring, rubbish answer. But I know I know what you mean. Yeah.
2: I, th- I think it's it's a peculiarly British thing where if somebody comes in and says, look, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be good, half, half the people immediately go, oh, you said you were going to do the yeah. thing and it was going to yeah, be good. Yeah. Well, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. he's saying you just need to be a bit patient and if you buy into it now, it will be really good and you'll come along for the ride. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to work my ass off. And a lot of people, I think, have bought into that. I certainly have. I think it's Ace. But there's, there's certain, you certainly get that. It's like somebody gets a new car and they like their new car and a percentage of people are going to go, oh, got a new car, have you? Good. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: I, certainly, and I certainly think there's a... There is an argument to say that it's um, uh, uh, almost like a, an, an ideological clash between faith and, and and evidence. Although I would I would argue that evidence suggests we are moving in the right direction. But then I suppose it depends on if you count statistical analysis as as evidence. If the only thing you are focused on is the result, then then sure um, things aren't going well, and you will probably see things with a certain level of of cynicism but he could also say
2: well look what I did at Luton
0: yeah 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 no exactly exactly I I but then then I but then I would agree with you because I'm trying to look at it from a from a like a, a positive perspective I I do have faith in Nathan Jones I do think that things will come good uh partly because um I think that Evidence-wise, we're showing ourselves getting gradually better. Again, don't get me wrong. I do think that this is dis- the the results have been disappointing, but I'm just I'm I'm not at a, a point where I feel oh, it's 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 rubbish and blah blah. Mainly because, as well, I think if you if you are so angry about about Stoke and so so feeling that it's all going wrong that I don't know about you, but football really does affect my mood. And if I think too much in such a negative way, I do think it will have such a, a detrimental effect to me. So maybe it's more just my own sunny disposition that I'm just trying to keep myself healthy. But th- th- this is not to say that anyone who has an opposite viewpoint is is wrong. Um, what The only thing I would say is that if you have... If you have an opinion, and as Ben has, has said, if you have an opinion that is entrenched, and I happily will reflect and say that, yes, I have opinions on things that are very much entrenched, but challenge your viewpoint. Just, just try and talk to the opposing argument and try and get an understanding, even if you don't agree, try and get an understanding as to why someone thinks that way. Because I do think, again, social media is the worst of this, where... As you've said, Tony, there are two opposing camps and you have to nail your colours to the mask and it's very, very difficult to find a nuanced argument or even mute um, middle ground. It's very, very easy to just be like, you have got an opposing opinion, oh, I'm, I'm, you're, you're not like me, we'll insult you online. And actually, I, most people, when you meet face-to-face, would be more understanding to each other. I think social media is quite a... not a good place to discuss
1: football sometimes. Um, I, think, I think on the sort of challenge your viewpoint, I mean, the easiest way to challenge your viewpoint and bring us together is get that bloody win. Just do that. And another point that no one <laughs> is talking about is obviously the fact that we're not doing anything in the football is because God did not will it. So what we need to do <laughs> is talk to God. Good point. God,
2: we need... We, need... we just sold him to Canada. Whoa. <laughs> oh.
0: Oh, why, I mean, why Sorry. did you say, That was hard. Sorry. <sighs> oh,
2: God. It was very
0: deep. It was quite deep, that. Shall we... We have one more question, and then shall we call it a night? Yeah. All right. For both of you, then, this one came from uh, Patreon supporter Nathan Eason. Most important question of the night. Did the new Awake It look as good as we thought it would?
1: Better for me, honestly. I mean, bah. I think... It's a, it's a it is a kit that is split opinion if I'm if I'm not mistaken and I think at some at some points it's being accused of looking like a pajama top or something similar to that <laughs> uh, and obviously there's some sort of joke about putting you to sleep and pajamas I don't know there's something there um, but did I think it looked good I thought it looked great I'm, I like I don't normally sort of get the pool to buy a kit from watching a game but i was like i need to buy this kit i'm gonna do it <laughs> i was watching it with a friend and she sort of looked over and was like oh that's a nice kit and i was like yeah it's a nice kit she's like oh i like the red and i was like i like the red um so <laughs> the red writing that is uh so yeah for me 10 out of 10 that was the best bit it is 10 out of yeah.
2: 10 no I'm, I'm here for the black with red trim uh, it's got a lingerie look to it, lingerie. Injury. But yeah, Injury. yeah, sort of nineties erotic garment oh my goodness. to it, with a, <laughs> oh. mostly black, with a little bits of red. If it was a ribbon on the shoulder or something, and obviously if it was differently cut and not a football shirt. But yeah, no, it's it's really good. Literally, you've
1: said that as the clock has struck past nine o'clock. We are post watershed, and we are talking about lingerie. Ooh.
0: This is I all can't. getting a bit too laddy for me. Yeah. I, I got to apologize. say. Tony, you've come on here and you've made this into a banter podcast and I
2: don't I don't like it, okay? We're not about all the right. banter. I can only apologise. In, in that case, can I make it better or much worse by uh, wishing congratulations to the people whose wedding I went to for weekend? <laughs> or would that in fact make it worse? Well, I don't know. Are they, worse. Are, are they are they listening to? Will they listen to this podcast? They will if I mention them. For Kat and Gareth, well done. Webbing oh. of the year. No, it was lovely. It was really nice. Um, <laughs> cheered me up. It was. It, it made the weekend a good weekend for me.
0: That's well. Well, that's that's nice. And Ben. Did anything cheer you up this weekend?
1: Uh, what cheered me up? When I woke up this morning, I realised that I wasn't really, really hungover. I was just a slightly bit hungover. It was a good moment for me. <laughs> uh, it's
0: it's, go- it's going into lad territory again. here. Oh but... God, sorry. I, I had uh,
1: the opposite this morning, unfortunately. Oh God, no, too laddie, too laddie. I just to I had a very, I had a very <laughs> chilled weekend. So, I spending time with my friends was lovely yesterday.
2: Aww. Well, isn't that oh, nice? I, I should I should leap in. I forgot to mention the going away from lad culture completely and talk about a, an adventure I had with my daughter last week when we went to the open training. Oh yes, of course. At, at Stoke, which was actually really really good. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect because I've never been before, but it was it was really good. And how... you just sit there and watch them train, and that was interesting. So, so how did how did it work then? Because I've never I have never been to an open training
0: session. Uh, how firstly, how many people were there? It was about two thousand,
2: apparently. Wow! Which that, that adds up because it was the bottom tier of the big stand was open, and it was it was the first few rows were full. I mean, we got there quite early. It was I think it started at half past nine, which is obviously early when you have to come down from Sheffield and it's a weekday, so rush hour commute and all that stuff. Ooh. So we we got there early, um, and there was no space in the front row all the way along the touchline. But yeah, it was re- it was really interesting and you could see them doing their training and you could see um Nick Powell was sort of running up and down the far touchline with a physio for the whole session, which Brilliant. was interesting. And then they had a few games and then they all came past and walked walked down the line and signed autographs and had a little uh, chat. It was it was amazing. And
0: how does it how does it work in terms of do they just go out and start training? Is there someone who like introduces the, the players and, like, tells you what's going on. Because it just, it I don't was, know, it seems a really... I've, I've always found it a weird concept that you are...
2: You're just watching people have a bit of a practice and... and I assume it was different to a normal training session. Um, Chris Arulumo was there with a microphone um, okay. and a nice um, presentary chap also. So they they were interviewing people throughout. So they sort of introduced the team as they came out just said, oh, the team are here, everybody clap. Um, and they did and then the team were doing sort of sprints and warming up and stuff and they spoke to um a couple of the coaches and the manager and some of the commercial team I think just about the day um while some training was going on um spoke to the coaches about what they were doing at the time then they had a couple of eight aside games maybe seven aside games um on half the pitch which was interesting um and then yeah and they all they all walked down and and spoke to all the fans and what surprised me i think was how up for it all the players seemed at the end because they were all it took probably an hour for them to get down the line because it was the full length of the pitch and they're talking to sort of three rows of people and signing things and that and butland was first down and i think he was last out because everyone wanted to talk to him um but everyone was really chatty and and i guess you i'm no psychologist but you get you get a feel for them a bit talking to him obviously i embarrass my daughter as much as possible by talking to all the players um but like joe allen just came across as just a really shy person and it's like that fits my idea of him because he seems to need to be told what he should be doing (laughs) and then like just put him in a position and give him instructions and he can be a good footballer and um who was it? Nick? Nick Powell just came across like he owned the place in in a, in a really positive way. Like somebody, a little kid in front of me asked, asked him if he was injured because he'd been running up and down. He was like, "Well, uh, a tiny bit of a tight thigh, but really, I just don't like training because people like to kick me in the air, especially this bloke because he's Scottish." But, uh, Liam Lindsay was behind him, and <laughs> and that sort of thing, and just that kind of interaction. And I like as Jack Butland came, I, I like I really wanted to. I just wanted to say thank you for being here when he has been because it still at that point seemed like he was probably going. So I sort of started to say that and he just stopped me straight away and said, no, I'm staying. No, I'm definitely staying. I was like, oh, "Oh, well, that's that's good. But he he seemed really happy about it. And I was like, well, even, okay, excellent. Like, thanks for being here anyway. He was like, no, seriously, I'm definitely staying. I was like, okay. Wow. It, It was just nice. It was really nice to... Feel a part of it, and it was free, and obviously there were loads of kids there because it was the holidays, which is obviously why they've done it. But it was it was just a really good experience, and my daughter absolutely loved it, and I think she's been falling out of love with football recently a bit because obviously, um, Mm -hmm. so that was good as well. But yeah, no, it was it was just a really good experience, and I would recommend it. In fact, no, nobody needs to go to the next one because I want to be nearer the front and have less people to fight (laughs) with to get stuff. But no, it was really good. Oh, Nathan Jones as well. He, he, sorry, he came down at the end and, like, the impression you get from people, all all the players have been signing shirts and stuff. My daughter got a shirt signed by everybody, which was great, and she's very happy with that. Um, and then I, like, the only person I was really fussed about was Nathan Jones, and as he, he came along quite quickly got his attention got him to sign the thing and it's like where all the players have been signing it on the bit of concrete or on their knee or getting like one of the commercial stuff to help hold it he, he just looked me right in the eye and said hold it then like he- like mm-hmm. there is one way to do this correctly I'm going to sign this shirt I know the right way I'm going to tell you the right way you'll do it it's just th- that is what I want from a manager <laughs> just the the wow. way he approached the problem of signing a football shirt actually wowed me <laughs> It was was, was just like, there was no nonsense, it wasn't aggressive, it was polite, but he told me what I needed to do, and it got done effectively, and I was just absolutely in awe. And he also signed my copy of Duck Magazine with him on the front, from the recent one, so that was awesome. So yeah, I had a really good week last week, shame about the football. Well, so, would go again. Thanks for asking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a nice positive way to, to finish the show, I think. Um. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Tony, for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Sorry for rambling on about my week. I know. Oh, it, was, it was nice. It was a nice, positive way to finish the show. Uh, another positive thing. Ben, you're going to go get food now? Oh, yes. It's
1: time. It's time for some it's food time. and some sleep. Mm.
0: <laughs> so while Ben goes and helps himself to a little bit of food... We will say good night to the rest of you, or good morning, or whenever you're listening to this. Um, he is hoping that we get a win in the Cup and that the next podcast is something a little bit more happier to talk about. Come on, Stoke.
1: Yay. Yes.